everyone, G-Money here, futurist disruptor ape, and your source for all things NFT. You're tuning into the Cutting Edge Podcast, where we discuss the importance of the emerging NFT market with culture's most influential people. Whether you want to know about the next biggest drops or just want to know the basics of where to start, the Cutting Edge can help. It drops every week after our live shows, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitter. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. Hello, and welcome to The Cutting Edge with G-Money, where culture meets crypto. Today, I'm joined by bestselling author and transformative journalist, Neil Strauss, most famous for books such as The Game and The Truth, and the first-of-his-kind storyteller, Jenkins the Valet, who recently made history by being the first NFT character signed to CAA. Together, they're here to discuss The Writer's Room, the world's first community-generative NFT book, Please welcome Neil and jo- Jenkins. Hey guys, how you doing? How's your day going? Hey man, good to be here. We flipped it around. <laughs> how's hey G, how's Jenkins? it going? Good, good. good. Super pumped to be here. Yeah, good. I mean, you guys have had um, obviously a, a great couple of weeks uh, leading up to this, and you guys announced uh, the partnership with Neil. I believe it was yesterday, or, or I think it might have been on Monday. Let's see, Neil Neil came to our writer's room member-only dinner in New York last Tuesday, which was the first time that anybody in the community learned that Neil was our author. We had about 200 writer's room members there. I was able to step away from the valet stand for a couple hours and meet people. And then we announced Neil uh, on our Twitter. Man, time, time is blurry in the NFT space. I guess it was yesterday. <laughs> it's funny a day feels like a month in this space yeah no i i totally agree i i think that uh that's why i was like wait was it monday or yesterday i, I wasn't entirely sure but you know i i know i knew about this for for a couple of weeks now maybe even a couple of months because uh i was actually the the link that kind of put you guys together so i guess once you know once we initially had that discussion jenkins and i know you had a short list of of authors that you wanted to work with and i was like wow like i actually have been connected to neil um how did that work once once you guys spoke uh to neil yeah i mean when uh when g money makes an introduction it's not something that you take lightly so we got on a call with neil probably a few days after you were able to connect us and Safa can speak to this too, but we, we probably spent 45 minutes on the phone with you, Neil. And I, I, right away, we were just we're like, that's our author. Like, you know, what do we need to do to, to show Neil that, uh, that, that writing this, this book that might seem a little weird at first could be uh, something that's, that's super fun and, and could be like a really awesome piece of work. Yeah, for me as a writer, like I've been in the crypto space since like Steam It in 2015 or 2016 which I found, about, found out about because someone on Twitter actually tweeted me about it. And I said, what's this space? And for those of you who weren't around then or don't know, it was uh, now mostly, def- it was a blog where you got paid in, the, in crypto instead of likes. And it, it all of a sudden it really opened up a way in as a creative into this space without investing actual money, but investing creative capital. And so it seemed we knew 2021 would be the year of the NFT, the way that 2020 was DeFi summer. We just didn't know what it was going to look like. And I would have been having a lot of discussions about as an author, as a writer, 
what is the place in the space for kind of published written words. And so when I talk uh, to the Jenkins team here, all of a sudden I thought this is, this is the way to do it. Yeah, and and that was it, it's interesting because like I think you and I connected Neil in around January February, and I remember you know we were chatting back and forth talking about uh, the DeFi stuff and the yield farming and all of that, and I remember like we chatted a couple times on you know how does publishing get affected by NFTs right and like you being a best selling author and you know very successful in your own right. Uh, before the NFT space, I was like, you know, very much keeping an eye out for for opportunities that I thought that would make sense for you. So when, uh, you know, I was talking to the, to the guys at Jenkins and, you know, they were discussing what they wanted to do. I was like, wow, I thought this would be a perfect fit for you guys to, to start having that discussion. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm super happy that like, it turned out the way it did. Personally. Yeah, and it's, and it's really cool. And it speaks to like a bigger idea for people here. And by the way, like it was that that was such a historic time because it was right before the first people auction at Christie's uh, and like it was right before everything exploded. And those that discussion, just everything that you said just turned out to be very prophetic. And now and now look how much how much time has passed. And we met on Clubhouse. I think I was interviewing you with Craig Clemens uh, about the punk we're about the crypto punk purchase that we're looking at now. And uh and it was, and I we just got back from NFT NYC, and it was interesting to see all these sort of new, you know, you know, cult celebrities there and cult figures there that were all kind of came about on Clubhouse, and I realized how tight this Clubhouse NFT connection is, even though we're all on Twitter Spaces now mostly. The the um, the thing that's interesting to me, and that makes I think the connection so special that it came from UG. Your thread about purchasing the punk um, and, and the whole persona, right, that, that you built was, was actually one of the first uh, NFT characters, right, that, that, that came out, right? And, and, and G Money and the punk, or at least the ape with the beanie are like really one. Um, and which is, which is very similar, right. To, to Jenkins the ballet. It's a bit different where Jenkins is absolutely, a, a fictional character. Uh, I am the valet at the board of yacht club. Like that's my job. I exist on the Ethereum blockchain. And that's maybe a little bit different than, than, than what G money is. Uh, but your initial thread, like I think showed the world that like what an avatar can be. Um, and, and then through this character development, that's sort of how we backed into, into writing, right? And uh, often these things end up being sort of, you stumble into them rather than like setting out to go, to go figure out how to make writing a part of the NFT space. It just, it just happens after you do something else that's like adjacent to it. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, and that's the bigger point I wanted to make is how this project came about or how anything, any project I've done came about and how... It may be true for all of us. It's a lesson for everybody, which is when you're working on something, and even if you don't know what it is or an idea, it's good to talk about it a lot. Some people like to keep it really secret in case someone steals it, but by talking about it, you kind of get the energy going. So me having this discussion with G Money about what I was thinking, uh, the Jenkins team having this discussion with G Money about what they were thinking, or anything, all of a sudden these sort of synchronicities happen, and someone uh, gives you the idea that makes that project or brings that idea to fruition. So I'd really say whatever you're working on that you're excited about, that if you're thinking about that you think might be your next step, like 
no one's going to steal it because it's not their idea. If they do, it won't be as good as yours. So just like talk about it and get that energy flowing in the world and these things start to happen just to like pull back a little bit for our principal people can use for their own projects. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a really good point you bring up, Neil, because I, I think this like ties in really closely with, I guess, like the the backstory and the inspiration for Jenkins, because Jenkins is is a floor name, right? And, and so the floor of the floor. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'd love to I'd love for you to share uh, that story of how, you know, what the inspiration was, how you came up with the idea, because I know the first time I heard it, like I loved it. Yeah, and if I can add to that question, because I don't—I actually haven't asked this yet. In fact, when you guys when when you guys can record this on Team Jenkins, because you might want this. But yeah, not just that, but just starting at the beginning, the decision to per to purchase it, uh, and then the decision to sort of use the IP in the way you did. So just yeah, we'd love the full story. Absolutely, and and the the decision to purchase is very intertwined with with everything that has come after as well. Um, Safa was early in the in the BAYC and um, and for those of you who don't know Safa and I have been best friends for more than 20 years we grew up together uh went all the way through college together we've, we've basically always done things together and um but Safa was early in the BAYC and sent this video basically a screen recording of his phone to a to a group of friends and it was like 200 apes in his dms just messaging you know welcome ape follow ape right i mean safa's name is c8 follow ape right he's never seen an ape he hasn't followed and, and that was such an important part of like the origin of the board ape yacht club um and i saw it and i was like this is just it's absolutely insane like i don't understand it i'm not sure what's happening here but there's something really special going on that all these people are on Twitter and they're like becoming best friends and they're like, you know, all like in arms for this community. And uh, so I couldn't help but like want to explore it myself. Uh, at the time, I think the floor for apes was maybe 0.3 ETH. And uh, I'd been in the NFT space a bit, but um and in crypto before that. And so, you know, ETH is ETH. But still, like when you when you transition into a new part of crypto, every so often you maybe some people don't, but I certainly, you know, convert things into US dollars and ask myself, like, what am I spending on this? And and at the time it actually felt like sort of hard to spend six, seven hundred bucks on um on 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 an avatar. I, I just wasn't sure about it. But but the, the community that Safa had shown me was just like so compelling and so interesting. I really wanted to be a part of it. Uh, and so I went and I was looking for apes at the floor. And I saw Ape 1798, which became Jenkins. Right? Ape 1798 is, is, the, is the ape that you see on Twitter right now. And um, uh, purchased it. Negotiated with my wife. She said she was going to go to Lululemon spend the same amount now she like kicks me and says like why didn't you tell me to buy an ape and uh that night i was looking at 1798 and i was like this this ape is a valet like there's if you go to you pull up at the hotel you pull up at the country club like this ape is the ape that, that shows up and opens the door for you like there's just there's just nothing else about it um and so i texted Saf and i said hey like 
I don't know. I don't know what to say, but like, I own Jenkins the ballet. Like, that's who this. That's who this ape is, and we should do something with this because uh, at the time we'd been talking about apes as avatars and as digital flexes and as people using them as their own profile pictures to show that um, the ape was an icon that you were a symbol that you were a futurist or you believed in something specific. But there weren't many like distinct, like unique characters uh, that were built around these. And we had an idea that while there were many avatars popping up, we could invest and create, create a character and we could create, you know, one of the first characters. And the goal was the same then as it is today, which is just to contribute back to the community. Uh, we just wanted to participate. There were so many creative people doing things in the space, some apes, some not apes, but the goal was just to do something that could help do something fun for the community and, and, you know, help in some small way to push it forward. Uh, and so we created the Twitter account for Jenkins, the ballet. Um, I'm no Neil Strauss, but I've always been a writer. I, I write every day. And so I sat down and I just wrote about 500 words to introduce Jenkins to the community. Uh, I said, my mom cried when I got the job as the head ballet at the board of club, which is, which is true. I'm an eight from the other side of the swamp. There aren't a bunch of opportunities for somebody like me. I'm not just like putting my feet up at the club. I'm hustling and I proved myself over time. I always practice discretion. As time went on, I started doing odd jobs for different patrons. I held private keys. I sold private keys. I stole yachts. I snuck a mistress into the club through a laundry cart. I've done all of that stuff. And I've always kept my mouth shut about it. But the Board of Yacht Club was really growing in popularity. And so DMs were coming in and people were saying, Jenkins, you know, you, you've, you've seen so much, like we want you to tell your tell all. So that was the origin story that, that, that I, that, that we posted to Twitter. I sent it to Safa. He tightened it up. He made some edits and we posted it. at the time we had about 30 followers and uh, it just did disproportionately well based off of the following we had, I think it did about 60,000 impressions. We we're blown away. We we're like, okay, wow there's interest like people sort of like Jenkins the ballet. And so the next day we posted a type form and we said, Hey, you know, I'm the valet at the board of yacht club. I've done odd jobs for all of you. Like we've all worked together. Fill out this form and remind me of the stuff that we did together so that I can tell your story too. And the idea was how can we help people build their characters? Uh, and we got hundreds of responses. People really were invested in this idea that we could help them tell their own story. Um, and so over the course of the next few weeks, we told people stories for them. We wrote stories about the, the ape father, the head of the ape mafia. We wrote a story about Maui prime, a robot ape sent back from the future to destroy the Ethereum blockchain. But when Jenkins shows him that he's one of the apes, he just like gains consciousness and, you know, stops and, um, uh, we just sort of kept pushing and kept writing these stories. And, and it was always like a credit to the community, right? Like the community would tell us about their apes and we would just bring it to life. Um, and so then that was sort of the birth of Jenkins and also the birth of the writer's room because the writer's room is just that very premise at scale. It's this idea that we can all come together and crowdsource creative direction and crowdsource IP that's native to this space. And we're lucky enough to partner with like such an amazing author like Neil that we can we can write, you know, what's hopefully a, another bestseller.
Yeah, that that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, yeah, I know, I know. Me uh, on the outside, we hadn't spoken at that point. I, I think it was a couple of weeks later that that we really connected. But one of the things that um, stuck out to me was, you know, the engagement that you received, right? And and how many people, um, you know, liked and retweeted your story, and you know, and and how many people were engaged. And that to me, what what do you think? resonated with people to read and engage with with your story that's a fantastic question um and, and safa i'm curious what you think too but i think that you know this came up g because you asked you, you mentioned right that jenkins is a florian and i think what people at first gravitated to was that we were doing something at the time it was like oh my god you got that gold or like you got a trippy and there's still like a ton of, I, there are a lot of gold apes and a lot of trippy apes that I really admire, but the space at the time was really about like um, objective rarity. And I think what people gravitated to at first was this idea that like rarity is sort of subjective and that by building a brand around an avatar, you could create a space online that was sort of different than like how the, how, how, how like the, you know, the roll dice came up. Um, I think that stood out to people. I think people respected it. And I, I like to think that to some degree, like they were entertained by the stories. And so they wanted to read another one. Yeah. And I, I think you touch upon a really good point there with regards to uh, like the rarity, right? Like creating IP around an asset, which as we've seen over the last couple of weeks and months that more and more people are starting to do and getting that ownership within the NFT community uh, has been super crucial uh, with regards to helping uh, projects get bigger, help them meme. Uh, I'm very curious, Neil, like what, what was it that draw, drew you to the project? And, you know, like what, what are your thoughts, I guess, on IP going forward and, and things of that sense of what you guys are working on here? Yeah, cool. I mean, I love the idea of writing a book in community, you know, writing's very solitary act. It's just you alone for sometimes it's, when you're on a deadline, 15, 16 hours a day with you and your computer. And I thought, how cool would it be to do this experiment in writing as community? You know, like if you think about blockchain or something, it's all these computers communicating for uh, for perfect accounting. And the weak link is the people. But let's see what happens now when all the people communicate for perfect creativity. So I got super excited at this idea of, of writing in community. And maybe the community makes choices that I don't, I went to made and they may be the right choices. So I, A, I love that idea. B, I love the idea of saying, well, this, we're not about flipping NFTs. We're about like, what if the IP of this NFT uh, is of much greater value than what it might cost, what the, you know, what the, uh, what let's say the price is on, on OpenSea or, and then the third thing is, you know, what about a future where people, where a company is an I in, uh, is, is an NFT that if somebody writes a song, let's say, and uh, and they sell the NFT of that song, somebody gets publishing rights to that song, and and the fans can become publishers or book publishers or can become the new, you can exploit these Disney characters and like the repercussions. I mean, first of all, there's no plans to, you know, uh, we we have so many plans and ideas to go way beyond even what's been discussed with this project for years and years to come if it all works out. But 
but the possibilities. It just opened up a window of kaleidoscopic, exponential, limitless possibilities of what could be done. And that's what excites me as a person. Yeah, and I, I really think like the really interesting thing there is the the I like to your point is like the IP that gets opened up, right? Like because to me it all starts from the storytelling, right? Because it's like if you can tell a good story in a book, then you know the book deals come, the movie, uh, sorry, the TV deals, the movie deals, the video games, the merchandising, but it all comes from like being able to tell a really good story that engages, uh, you know, the consumer. That that's exactly it. And and what if they all, all the IP is both owned? by the NFT, not by, again, this is not this project, but just theoretically, if it's all owned by the NFT and not by a company, and that NFT it can be transferred, and it really, it really brings up great ideas. And also, let's talk about storytelling, right? Like, what what is, how does storytelling add to the value of NFTs, whether it's an NFT project or an individual NFT? And let's go even further, kind of out, out, out on a limb, but... You know, but storytelling is everything we're attached to, every brand we're attached to. They're all about, um, you know, they're all about stories. So how much does the story add to the value of what we're doing? I had a bigger point that I forgot, but it'll come back in a second about storytelling. Oh, yeah. No, I remember remember what it was. It was, uh, you know, it was about what is the Mona Lisa, you know, why is the Mona Lisa the most famous piece of art? That's just a a story. There's so many stories um, that give things the value. And I was going to give an example of a Stradivarius. I was over at a friend's house. His wife's a violinist. And she had a Stradivarius and she played it. It was so beautiful. I said, how did you get a Stradivarius? It's worth millions and millions of dollars. And she's like, well, I play on film soundtracks and with famous, world-famous rock bands. So they loaned me the Stradivarius to play it in these contexts. She plays with the Rolling Stones, for, with Mick Jagger, for example. And that adds value to the Stradivarius. It's not like, and so that story adds value. And, uh, and it's true in the material world. And it's true in the digital world. To your point, Neil, about um the the value accruing back to the nft rather than and to the community right in in our case in the writer's room rather than like to a human or or a, or a business Saf and i say all the time like jenkins is the most illiquid ape that there is right like we could never sell jenkins because jenkins is the one doing it right jenkins is signed to caa jenkins uh is working with neil strauss Jenkins is uh, writing, you know, is working with Neil on the debut tell-all and all these future things, um, and that the community can come together to do this. So value accrues back to to membership in the writers' room, and membership in the writers' room is is uh, you know represented with 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 the pass to get in, which is also an NFT and all of those different things. I think that uh, that's something that we're, we're super excited about. And what I think is, you know, most special about this whole thing is that like, it's not us. Uh, it's, it's, it's Jenkins, the valet, this character who happens to have been born, um, on the, on the blockchain via, uh, a BAYC mint, right. And, and a 1798 existing, and then him, him coming out of that. And I think that, that I, we, I mean, our whole, we hope that dozens of more people do the same thing because I think it's really special. Yeah, that's an interesting point right there. I, I just want to pause for one second uh, because I want to let uh, people that are listening in live to claim their POAP. They can do it by going to g.money forward slash POAP where you can claim today's episode featuring Jenkins and Neil. And that'll be available until 745 uh, Eastern. So about for another about 20 minutes or so. But I guess Jenkins, like 
since since we just started talking about it, uh, I want to talk about like what like what's the experience like uh, as a holder of the NFT? What's the experience like in the writers' room? What does that look like? Yeah, so um, the writers' room sort of means two different things. One, the writers' room is is the whole community. And then there's also, there's literally a writer's room, which is a custom built uh, voting uh, portal that, that, that we built in house. Um, so if you hold a writer's room NFT, um, you're in the community and it means a few things. You can vote on the creative direction of the story that Neil is writing. So Neil will basically be, um, uh, he's, our, he's our author. But he's also a bit of a guide where as we do things together, Neil will say, oh, you know what, that that really needs to needs to be decided by the community. And so he will create a proposal. It's very Dow like where he'll create a proposal and then folks in the writer's room, all our NFTs can vote. And then the winning vote is, is, is the direction that we take it in. Um, members of the writer's room, uh, it's all it's, it's a bit of a club. And so uh, in that club, we're also licensing avatars back from our club members. And those avatars will appear as the characters in our content. Um, in this first book, we've got uh, members of the writer's room who hold our rarest tier. Uh, they hold yachts and they will be written as characters in the book. There is another tier where they'll be illustrated in the book, uh, a slightly lower tier where they're, they're going to appear into a game of Where's Jenkins on the inside back cover. And then the lowest tier, if you, if you license an avatar to us, they are acknowledged in the work. Um, and in future pieces of content, the, the premise will stay the same, but obviously the, the, the way the feature works is different, say, on, on, in an audio-only medium or something versus, versus the way it manifests in a book. But um, members of the writer's room can also participate and they can include their avatars in the work itself. Uh, there's a bunch of really fun stuff. Neil, do you want to talk about some of the ways that you think of like discord and just like community engagement as storytelling as well? Because that, that, that is very much a part of the writer's room. Sure. Yeah. I think it's, it's really, uh, again, it's sort of, everything's improvisatory, which I love, which I love. We're all, all of us here are part of our voices developing, you know, this new ecosystem in, in this new world. And that's part of the excitement that we're all here. It's not something that's been established or not established rules of how things are done there's could always be a new uh innovation protocol maybe some of you're developing it tomorrow that changes the whole space so what we started doing in discord is doing these uh uh chats with myself as the interviewer and jenkins as jenkins and and uh, and it's almost improving the book with the community and they'll jump in as their characters uh it just happened automatically they start jumping in as their characters and speaking as their characters and then we're thinking oh that's it. let's put that in the book we're getting that character's personality down because the people who hold uh you know yachts um in their in their sort of uh the yacht their the nft they're doing uh you know get a significant role in the book and so this is helping me figure out their personalities how i'm going to work them into the book and everything else so it's a really cool process and again like i do things not because they're going to be big i do them because i enjoy them you know and i think that's true of everybody here i mean you know Gina, that's certainly when you're excited about something it's the excitement that moves you forward not the profit uh-huh. yeah I, I totally agree i i have a, I have a couple two quick questions so one is will uh the characters in the book only be bored apes in this first book which we think of as 
in homage to the BAYC because that's where Jenkins has come from. Uh, the characters that will be in the book are are board apes and mutant apes. It'll take place in that world. Okay. <laughs> Let's just say. So when, so whatever, and we're still defining the parameters of that world. But I know what you mean. Is there going to be a cool cat in there? Yeah. Or, like, or something like our, that. So, so for, for now, yeah. Our future vision is to, is to expand the set of avatars that we tell stories about and that we include to, to a much wider set. Uh, and we're super excited about that. Uh, the first book is, is, a, is a hat tip to the BAYC. It's also the terms that we understand the best, right? Like this is, this is a really creative work, but Safa and I say all the time, like it's probably more a, a, a legal project than anything else, because this is an example of mass IP licensing, right? There are going to be thousands of licenses that we sign. Uh, and we were, we're, we're very confident that we have an understanding of the BAYC terms, first of all, because on paper, they're very generous. And second of all, because uh, coming from the BAYC and uh, Jenkins, even back in June, like won a community grant from the BAYC. We know the founders decently well. And so they, they've been a sounding board for us as this project has, has, has grown up. Uh, and so we have a level of confidence moving forward to license those avatars. And next up is going out and making sure that the other projects that our community cares about have uh, commercial rights agreements that actually like that work for us, right? That we can use. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, I, I know when we first spoke, I did not see it in that light. And I know through the conversations that we've had more and more, it definitely has been, uh, it's almost like you're creating a sort of Web3 framework for for licensing, which I think is super exciting for not just BAYC, but pretty much every project out there. Yeah, and if I could just jump in, I know I've been a little quiet, but one of the greatest compliments that we got about this project is that this is the exact type of project that is meant for Web3 in terms of how the content is created. It's truly community-generated. And then also um, is, is just like the economics of it, right? It's like we're customers are no longer customers. They're partners and collaborators. And so, you know, we, we're really proud to take that stance and, and, and license characters from the community and make sure that, that they see uh, upside in this as well. Yeah, I think that's a super interesting model that obviously Web3 makes possible that you didn't see in Web2. Uh, what I guess one question, uh, one last question I had before we move on from like, I guess the actual writer's room, the process is how, how interactive uh, is like the DAO, like in the voting? Like, do they, is there only like certain parts that like you guys decide that they vote on or is it like if there's quorum or like, how does that work with regards to the creative process? Yeah, so there's a couple levels to it. And and um, it's actually not, at the moment, it's not a formal DAO. Uh, it's just a it's just a collective of holders. But um, they're, they're, they're part of the entire process. And the, the beginning of the process is uh, more conversational. It's more improv. It's sort of what Neil described uh, a few moments ago. Uh, we're planning on holding a series of interviews where everyone is in character, right? It actually happened in our last town hall. We spent we spent 45 minutes in town hall all being in character, right? I was Jenkins. Neil was the writer. Captain Trippy came up to speak about how in his role as one of the main captains at the Yacht Club, even though I was uh, taking this risk to tell all these stories that I had previously promised to to keep quiet, he still had my back because he respected that, you know, from my position, I was coming out to do this. And we talked about the underground rave scene at the club and all these things. And that just comes up organically. 
And if you are a member of the writer's room, you get to participate in that process. And so even where ideas are sourced from comes from community engagement. Uh, There's the second piece, which is the actual software platform, which is a little more tactical. Some of it, some of the questions and proposals can still be quite open-ended. I'm not sure that this will be uh, the inexact thing that we vote on, but an example of something that can be both tactical and broad is like, what should the genre be? Right? Should it be a heist or a murder or something else? That's just an example. Um, but that's more like as we've made progress, and maybe even as some pages have been written and we're deeper into it, you, you, you come to a fork in the road. And at that fork in the road, we use our platform to put forward options that Neil says, hey, like this, I could see this going in a few ways. And maybe someone from the community says, oh, but what about this fourth way that you haven't considered? And then those four things get packaged up and the community also has the opportunity to figure out what the next step should be at like a point in time in the story. And, and the goal, the goal just to jump in is really not to do a book as a, as a gimmick, like, oh, we're going to make these decisions and we're just going to follow, follow. And the goal is like, can we write a better book this way? Like I was saying, and I told him at the beginning of the project. He, he always goes back to that North Star is just how do we use the community generative nature to actually create a better book? Um, but to, to your to your point, um, with within the software platform that we've spent months building out, it's, it's really robust. Everything from like licensing and providing a backstory to your character, officially signing the licensing agreements, which we spent you know months with our lawyers working on, um, to uh, you know submitting a proposal. So in that way, it is very it is it is very DAO like, right? You can you can put forth an option, you can select a question as well as like multiple choice that you want to provide for the rest of the group as well as vote on the, you know, the best proposals that do end up being surfaced. So we knew that, you know, just doing this in like discord or just, you know, uh, cutting corners probably wasn't the best route. And we could have launched earlier, like had we not built out this incredibly robust platform, but it's really the cornerstone of the writer's room and it's going to grow with new features sort of with every project. Yeah, that makes total sense. Have you, have you already had, Oh, sorry, Neil, what did you want to say something? Oh, no, it's all good. Go ahead. I think uh, Safa said it perfectly. Um, yeah, I mean, have you had other, I'm sure you've had a ton of other people start to approach you about using the tech as well? Or are you still in like the proof of concept phase? Yeah, we actually, we had someone reach out earlier today and ask that. Um, it's definitely not something that we're like opposed to. We believe that this is like a very open source space and like we want to push it forward. Um, that being said, we we feel most comfortable with like the world seeing it through our project first um and and doing the work in that sense and then you know maybe once the book wraps or who knows maybe even halfway um we we would license it out um we've spent a lot of time building it out so it's definitely an option and 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 jenkins that's that's sort of his world so he's him and the team that we've built around him have have left no stones unturned in terms of like what we can accomplish with this totally i mean one thing that makes web3 so special is that uh and i don't mean like the I don't mean the like the protocol, but more just like the space, right? Is uh, like we, I, I truly live every day believing in Wagme. Uh, and so in that respect, like we'd be pumped to, to figure out a way to deliver the platform to another team to help do the same type of thing. But right now we're laser focused on uh, writing the best possible book we can with Neil. Um, and that, that means that we need to just stay heads down building the platform in the way that works for us today. 
And then in time, we can do the work that it takes to, to make it scalable to like other groups and things like that. Awesome. I, I got a question for all of you if I was that I'm curious about um, uh, that I'm curious when I look at this, the communities of, of punks, of apes, of let's say cool cats or something else. You know, I'm wondering if you were to say, I'm, I'm just going to ask this as an open question because I'm curious. If you were to say what makes each community different outside the avatar, well, the person, well, apes, the ape community is more like this, the punks community is more like this, and so on. I'm curious what you all would say. Oh, man, I, I think that's a good question. It, it's, it's really interesting because I think every community is very different, uh, but still we're all the same, right? Because we're all in, in NFTs. And I very much agree with what you were just saying, Jenkins, is that I think if anybody is in the space right now, like wag me, right? Like we, if you're here right here right now, like you will make it. I, I firmly believe that uh, there will be ups and downs through, through the bulls and the bears. But I, I very much believe that we're at the beginning of something that's going to change society forever. But when I look at like the, like each individual community, it, it's, I think it's, it's great because uh, people are able to find the communities that really resonate with them. You know, like uh, I think punks in general have become like the OGs in the space and the the quiet older brother that just kind of like hangs out. Um, the bored apes to me are like really taking the world by storm. And I, I think it was really obvious last week in New York where, you know, I, I really do feel like apes took over Manhattan. You know, I, I'm not sure what your guys' experience was is on the ground, but to me, it's like those are the two biggest contrasts uh, with regards to the communities that I've seen uh, most differentiated. And obviously, there's a lot of other communities that are that are smaller and bigger and, you know, open source and, and whatnot. Like, you know, I, I, I love the, the Toads community. I love everything that um, the nouns are doing. And, you know, I just think it's super interesting to see how each of these communities, although we are, are all Web3 native and very much uh, pushing forward the narrative, we all are very different, um, somewhat different uh, when it comes down to it. Gee, I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of like how you categorize, categorize each of them. And they all have their own sayings, their own, you know, for me, like, you know, what I think is so cool about BAYC is like, the entrepreneurial nature of it. I think, you know, from, from my own like, bias standpoint, I think you see more people like with apes doing like side projects with them with others. I think when I think of like cool cats, I think it's like all about positivity and like just good vibes and like they're cute and like they love, you know, they're always talking about how much they love milk and like, it's just fun to think about. And, and Neil, I think, you know, as we continue to like work together, hopefully, you know, on, on, on this project and beyond, like we view Jenkins as the unofficial storyteller of the metaverse that can move in between all of these different communities and share stories and blend in and, and witness things in the same way that he did at the BAYC. So really putting ourselves in all of these communities and learning their phrases, what makes them tick, what they love. It's, it's just a really fun exercise that I think is going to be huge for, for, for the Jenkins brand. Yeah, awesome. I, I almost describe it, uh, the Jinx in the Rise Room, as a cult within a cult within a cult, being NFTs, apes, Jenkins, right? Yeah, around. and then the last thing I'll say is I just hope, I hope as we talk about this, it, it, it rings true, like, why we wanted to work with Neil and, like, why we think it's such a good choice, because Neil, in his career, has dove deep into people, subcultures, and has come out the other side, knowing how they think, knowing how they're right, knowing how they write, and, like, becoming them. And that's what this is. Like we're crafting the Jenkins brand sort of like brick by brick. 
And so there's no one better to actually build that voice than someone who writes books for other people for a living. Hey, Neil, have you ever been in a cult that's been deeper than this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just that now you find deeper. This is the most excited cult. That's cool. say. You know, but I definitely, I mean, I've been uh, at like mafia dinners in like Reggio di, di Calabria. I've been like uh, uh, in like the ballet funk, like kind of like this sort of like parties in, 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 in the favelas of Haiti. I've been in the craziest places. Yeah. So, so, uh, but, and, and now I'm, I guess I'm going to the same, the, the digital, the, these digital places, but for sure, like I said, the level of excitement in FTNYC and especially at the, the writer's room party was like, it was like a next level uh, of excitement. So it was all there. Also, by the way, I want to give a shout out to, uh, to a deal here, who is my first friend on, on, on Steemit, who helped me do a really cool, fun thing, uh, which was we did a, this is totally off the subject, but I was thinking, how do I do this now? But we did a book club together where people read Ulysses, which is my favorite book. It's why I write. It's by James Joyce. Um, and everyone who read it got it. We would post every week of the book club and the post would garner rewards on the platform. At the end, we kind of split up the reward among anyone who finished the book. About 3,000 people started with us. I want to say like 30 finished it, something like that. But those rewards they got for reading Ulysses, they're probably equivalent today of like 30000 and dollars in bitcoin if they put moved into bitcoin then um and i was just thinking how what a cool world this is where um as the the audience is the one that's got a mod you're being paid to read you're getting the ip to exploit when you when you buy these things and i love that everything's turning on its head and i and i'm curious kind of to discuss or think about well, where that's going next and what's the next disruption in this kind of space we're all in um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's a question I, I definitely want to ask you. But first off, I want to say anybody that finished reading James Joyce uh, very much deserved that thirty thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin, in my opinion. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, actually the worst thing about the blockchain is like I, typically I just lie that I read it, but but if if you can prove it, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like I I think it's like a really in interesting question you pose, Neil, because I think that um, there. I think that this is like the next frontier, right? Is like, what happens with IP? You know, how uh, do, you know, it, it's interesting because I was on a panel with Quentin Tarantino last week and he was kind of having like the same types of questions uh, with regards to movie directing and movie making, right? Like, how do you see it as, as a writer coming from the traditional publishing world? Like, what, how do you think publishing gets disrupted? Like, what, what do you think is coming for the publishing world from here? Off the top of my head, I'll start it for us, but but Neil, um, no one up here has more experience publishing than you do. Uh, a book is, by and large, uh, meant to be read and, you know, stored on a shelf. Um, and it might spark discussion if someone comes over or something like that, but like that's the utility of a book. And ebooks, I think, uh, take you to a slightly different place. And there have been some books that have been published online that have um, been slightly different than uh, uh, than just like you know read it and then you're done. But uh, in the NFT space, especially if we bring a book forward as an NFT. Um, there's so much more we can do, right? There's there's like layers to it that are different um, where 
be read. It can be interacted with. The book can be, uh, it can be destroyed, right? And that could mean something else. There, there's a whole bunch of things. And I think that in that regard, there are um, opportunities to publish books as NFTs uh, that are more engaging for a reader than they would be if you just brought it to brought brought it to the market as as just a book and what it is. Uh, you can continue the story, and the story can happen in two layers, right? It can happen the the the, the writing and the reading exist in one place, but what happens uh, with the community in the space interacting with the NFT can actually be like a continuation. Uh, and that's something that we're super excited about. So then you're saying that you are, I mean, I, I don't know, do you have plans yet with how you're going to release the book? Like, are you going to be going yeah. to your traditional outlets? Are you going to be releasing as an NFT? I'd love to know more about that. Yeah, we're, we're going to do both. Um, okay. we're going to, we're going to release the book as an NFT. Um, and, uh, that book NFT is actually going to serve as a bit of a catalyst for the future of the writer's room. And we're super excited about the utility that will come off of that NFT itself. But what we're going to do is, um, uh, we suspect we're going to write an amazing book and we think that people are going to, to want to participate in, in the story and read it and, uh, consume it and, and, and hold it as an NFT. Um, and that alone, uh, or that plus the work that we're doing with uh, our agents at CIA, um, sort of in conjunction with this process, uh, we hope to then take it to traditional publishers and come to market with like a proper book. And so the book will exist on, on two different levels. Uh, and holding the traditional book might get you perks in this space that are different than holding the OG NFT book. And so we're going to basically attack on all fronts. Yeah, and so I assume that the, uh, let's say, the uptake that you're going to have from the book, just from the community itself, is going to give you a lot of leverage with current publishers. Could you just kind of go over that a little bit? Because I, I really do feel like, uh, I know we were, we were chatting, I'm not sure if it was, it was yesterday or last week, about uh, like what a best-selling book is in the space. And like, it's not, it's not like as high as I would have thought, like not coming from the book industry. Yeah. And again, Neil can speak to this better than anyone. So Neil, jump in if, 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 if it, you know, if you want to, but what, what we've sort of spoken about with our agents is that a, uh, um, a, a book is considered, uh, what, you know, what the record industry would consider like a platinum record. If, if Jenkins, if it sells a hundred thousand copies, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's call it 25 bucks a book. Exactly. So our plan, uh, and we think that we can do this, is to release, you know, as Jenkins mentioned, uh, purely NFT books to start, um, release an amount that we're really, really confident that we can sell that will also give us a large amount of leverage. These are obviously going to be, they're not going to be $25, you know, assets. They're going to be a little bit more expensive. We're not, we're not ready to release, you know, the price yet. But um, we're going to, we're going to, you know, what we believe is going to be a really, really successful sale um, and then immediately go approach publishers uh, and, and have a conversation with them that sounds something like this is what we did in 48 hours. 
uh, and this is why it translates to like a really successful, you know, relationship with you. Um, and so, uh, we think that, um, we'll be, we have a plan that will like set us up for, for success in the traditional world by starting really, really true to the NFT world and a release that like is, has, you know, is what this market has, has come to, you know, appreciate and, and is used to. You know, it's, it's interesting because the traditional world, like you guys have the, like, you know, wag me kind of sentiment, sentiment, like the, but the traditional world doesn't have that. The traditional publishing world doesn't have that. And I'll give you an example. Um, I won't mention names, but a publisher signed somebody who's a very, very famous person. And this very famous person wanted to do a podcast. The publisher said, well, you can't do a podcast because that's going to uh, be competition for book sales. If you talk about the same stories on the podcast, even a book, this is going to be a problem. Yet at the same time, the same publisher signed a popular podcaster for a lot of money and the logic doesn't hold up. You know, it's like, oh, you can't do a podcast. That's going to be a competition. I'm signing this podcaster. And they literally think everything's competition. Instead of seeing that the celebrity does a podcast, it calls more attention to them. People will still buy a book. They have a very, they see everything as a sort of threat uh, to their sort of uh, ownership of this IP. And consequently, and for anyone who's in the creative space, record labels work the same, film companies work the same, all of traditional entertainment works the same, which is anything else you do, but this project or promoting this project is a threat to this project. When, of course, the only reason you got there was by doing shit. So I really think that that the, that the way uh, Jenkins and Safa are talking about this, like, is the way. It is a better model. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that that's like, it's one of the most interesting things that I've had in, in my discussions with, uh, let's say, your traditional brands and traditional uh, verticals, uh, as I've been trying to get them to understand, is is really having that mindset where um, if, you know, you're going to have sales in one vertical, it's going to take away, it's going to cannibalize sales from another. And it's been, it's that's probably been the hardest part of these conversations that I've had, is helping people understand and be like, no, like, this isn't going to cannibalize. This is actually going to help increase sales. So uh, I, I'm, I'm super curious as to if you guys have spoken to uh, traditional publishers uh, yet and what those combos have been like, because I feel like they probably don't understand. Uh, Neil obviously has plenty of times. Uh, Jenkins and I have not, though our agents have. Um, they've started to like survey the market a bit and just sort of get feels for like what uh they would need to see from us and our sort of nft native sale and metrics in order to have a conversation with them um or i'm sorry in order to get a deal done with them and so we're uh by no means like structuring our project around that however we're building it in such a way where uh we believe we can like do right by the project do right by the community and hit all of our kpis and give ourselves a lot of leverage like with those conversations and give this a chance to go live in like more traditional um you know places while while still keeping it authentic to the space here's something that goes yeah people sorry. from the publishing go ahead go ahead uh, i was just it's something that it's something that we don't talk about when we talk about the writer's room is that it's also uh, a community of, of 3,000 evangelists, right? These are people who came together to write this book together, right? It's 3,000 uh, contributors. And so there's stuff like a book rating on Goodreads. Uh, and, and Goodreads is sort of a notoriously difficult platform to get good ratings on. I don't know, a 4.2 out of 5 stars may be really good on Goodreads. And, 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 and the publishing community cares about that, right? 
and, and anyone who's in the, who's in the room who, who reads a lot might be a Goodreads user. Um, we are going to flood Goodreads with five-star ratings because there are, and that's not a hack. There's just so many people that are in our community today who really believe in this book and who will look at that and say, you know what, that's a, that's a five-star book. It was, we did it. Uh, and so there's that kind of stuff too, that we think will be really powerful. Like I'll tell you this, if we, if we bring a book to market from traditional publishing, like the people don't ape in the real world, the way people ape in this space. And we are going to ape into those books so hard that a traditional publisher will be like, what just happened? Uh, and that's something that we're all super excited about. Yeah, I, I think it's really cool. Uh, it's funny you say that because I immediately what comes to mind was uh, Gary V. Uh, you know, giving uh, I forgot the exact uh, what what it was, but if you bought a certain number of his latest book, you got uh, like a V friend or a couple V friends or whatever, and like that was like you know a way of utilizing the NFT community uh, in the traditional sense, right? Where he was kind of. Uh, succeeding in in the current model uh utilizing the web3 model which i thought was super interesting as well yeah and it's it's another form of leverage right that you that you spoke to g it's like another way that you can say look there are ways to to sell this content that is outside of the of the traditional way and we really believe like it's not it, haters will call what Gary did a hack to sell books, but like that—that's not it. There, there's a, there are, there are, there's another level to what he's doing, and there will be utility off of the number of books, and it just extends the like scope of the entertainment further than just like the front cover to the back cover. Uh, and so uh, we think that that is a way to just like make this whole thing like a whole lot more interesting. It makes the it makes the customer um, uh, a holder right? And a creator and, and an owner in a way that like doesn't exist today. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I, I want to, I want to be cognizant of your time because I know, uh, I know you guys have to get out of here. Uh, but you know, I want to thank you for coming. I, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, uh, are there, are there any like last, uh, last thoughts, last, uh, you know, you guys have anything upcoming that people should be, uh, looking for like what are you guys doing that people can get involved uh besides just or at this point is it just the writer's room it's just the writer's room right now we have uh, a ton of ambitions and we have a bunch of other stuff on the on, down the pipe but this is going to be a really really big couple months for us and we're, we're really looking forward to doing something that hasn't been done before so you can find us you know on twitter at jenkins valet jenkins is our website where uh we go into depth about the project and explain exactly what's going on Obviously, we're on OpenSea as well, um, and the next couple months look like us unveiling this portal, beginning to license characters, um, uh, beginning to take proposals, and 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 getting to work. Uh, and it's you know this has been like six months in the making, and we're really really excited. And uh, and you know we also have a lot, quite a bit up our sleeves as far as like roadmap 2.0, um, which we're working on as well. So we're we're here to stay, and we have a really really long long-term horizon and, and, and long outlook and um we're you know excited to hopefully keep pushing the space forward and 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 collaborate with with you know folks and hoping anyone here wants to join the writers room yeah so thank you thank you for taking the time uh i'm really looking forward to to what you guys are working on really looking forward to uh to your next book neil because uh i'm, I'm a huge fan of all your work 
uh, throughout the years. And I think what you guys are going to do is is something really exciting. And uh, I think really is what I like to see in the NFT space is people just pushing the space forward of what is an NFT. And I think that this project definitely falls under that category. And I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it and and watching what you guys do. Yeah. And G, thank you for your your belief in us and for, you know, being a part of what we're doing and, and for the intro that led us all to be here. 100%. Thank you, G. And thanks for having us tonight. Yeah, thanks, man. Sad. Good talking to you, man. I'll talk to you soon. And thanks, everybody, for uh, listening in. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cutting Edge. Subscribe to stay up to date on our latest episodes. To catch the show live, follow me on Twitter at GMoneyNFT and tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitter Spaces. The world is changing. Whether you like it or not, NFTs are here to stay. Community has never been more important, and the opportunities that are coming will impact our culture forever. Join me as we explore the new frontiers of the metaverse on The Cutting Edge.